Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you called the police, had you already seen the video? Yes. How did you, you didn't mention that. So how is it you see the video? Because you said he didn't because say anything he, that, but he, you're, he, are you standing over his shoulder watching him? No, the video is on a big screen that's outside of his office. This is the plaintiff, Desreen Dookie. She says she brought her car to the defendant's car wash, and the machine broke the side view mirror of her car. She saw the whole thing happen. The unruly defendants refused to pay for the damages, and she's here suing for the $2,000 she surely owed. These are the defendants, Jessica Lotus Pato and Sarah Cafora. Jessica says this woman came into their car wash with an older car. They clearly state they're not responsible for things falling off older cars. And for all she knows, the woman's mirror could have been glued on. They washed 280 cars that day. No one else had a problem. And she's not paying this woman $2,000. They're accused of being all washed up. All parties, please get your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Yana. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Dukey, what happened? Hi, Your Honor. So I went through the car wash. The gentleman there lined up the car. He told us three things we had to do. Take our hands off the wheel, put the car in neutral, and take your foot off the brake. As we're going through the car wash and the big brushes are spinning, it knocked my side view mirror off my car. And as we keep on going through the drive-thru, the other big brushes from the big machines keep on knocking it and knocking it till finally it came. Only one little cord was holding it onto my car. Okay. So I came out the car wash. I drove to the front office and I said, is there a manager here? The manager came and he went straight to the office to review the camera, which I have the video of him reviewing the camera of my car. So I'm waiting, waiting, another 10 minutes. He came out. He never apologized, never said anything to me. Didn't introduce himself. 
He said, what's your VIN number? And what's the year of your car? I said, it's a 2014. He goes, well, we don't fix car um, over seven years old. And your car is seven years old, so um, we're not responsible for it. So we're not going to do anything. So I called the police to get a report. And the police said... Um, they can't force them to fix it. I just have to take them to court. At this point, so, when you called the police, yeah. had you already seen the video? Yes. How did you... You didn't mention that. So how is it you see the video? Because you said he didn't because say anything he, there, but you're... Are you standing over his shoulder watching him? No, the video is on a big screen that's outside of his office. He's so you could see what... You can see whatever it see is. what he's clicking on. You can yes. see what he's clicking on from where yes. you are. Okay. Yes. All right, let me hear from you folks. Were either one of you there, either Ms. Lodispoto or Ms. Carfora? We were not. Okay. Who wants to talk to me first? Um, I could talk. Um, okay. So we did receive a call from Marcus. He did say that um, there was an incident. He's filling out a report. Uh, we did ask, you know, what happened. And he said it was a 2014 BMW that came in. The side mirror fell off. He did review the camera. Um, he said that after reviewing, he couldn't figure out if there was previous damage or not. Um, he did call us. We do have disclaimers but he throughout did, the did, property. He did review it and say, yeah, it broke in the car wash, right? No. So it was very hard to tell. Um, he did review the camera, but he could not tell if it was actually broken off inside the car wash or not. Oh, let's see the camera. Let's broken. roll tape. Well, look at the video. Hold on one it. second here. Hold on one second. Well, that second. video is actually of my car going through, which is a 2012, to show that it doesn't even move. Just the a moment. You don't know what video I'm about to show you. Hold on a mm -hmm. second. Whose car is this? That's my car. Exactly. And you can see he's going to bike it all the way up, and you can see it that it was perfectly fine going in there. The mirror was attached. Hold on one second. Up on the screen is apparently whatever your guy is doing inside. Correct. Okay, so this is her car, correct? And this is her mirror correct. intact. Mm -hmm. Correct. There's her mirror intact. Right there, that big green brush knocked it off. Okay, so that's it for the video. And then we have pictures of the thing hanging down right at the scene because she immediately tells you guys. So do you think that that doesn't show that it happened at the car wash, Ms. Lotuspoto? You think it's unclear? And I didn't say it was unclear, but a lot of times there's previous damage that we're not aware of when people go through the car wash. I, I just asked you if the video showed that it happened at the car wash. Uh, and your answer was, well, the video doesn't say it's very unclear. And, and, then, and the video you have is the one I gave. No, I also have the video she has because you guys didn't know that I have the video because you didn't give mm -hmm. me the video, right? You didn't introduce the video into evidence, did you? You introduced your car as a demonstrative aid, right, Ms. Lotus Photo? Yes, ma'am. Exactly. But, but you have this video. We actually don't have the video, unfortunately, um, because... Oh, how do you not have this the video? Videos, the videos only record for a certain period of time. Are you trying to tell so me the that the manager of operations didn't bother to look at it at the time that it happened? No, we did not. We Nobody didn't, bothered to look at it when this lady reported it? No, we're actually quite busy running the business. Right, well, so, so if somebody tells you you just destroyed my car, that's none of your business at Green Light Car Wash? 
I mean, your, guy, your supervisor looked at the tape. That's why she was able to see it. So why wouldn't you know that the tape shows that it broke in your car? We'll talk about all your other defenses now. But it's just amazing to me that you don't just say, hey, sorry. Instead, I read this. 280 cars that day, and none were damaged. No other customer had issues. Yada, 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 yada. The only thing, touchless, brushless, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's always the same thing, though, with these companies. Everybody always says, oh, we, there's no way anything can be ruined in a tow. No way, or all the other cars would have been ruined. There's no way anything could have been ruined in this car wash. No way, or all the other cars would have been No, that's not truthful. Because we just saw the video where your car wash broke the mirror. Now, before you smile too much, Miss Dookie, <laughs> let's discuss the law. Because you are limited by your agreement with them. Mm -hmm. If I had a seven-year-old car, I wouldn't go to their car wash anymore, okay? Mm -hmm. But you go to their car wash and they have signs everywhere that say, and actually what your signs say is not, Cars seven years it says old over or seven older. years old. It, it says not over, over seven years old yes. or older. I don't know why someone wrote it that way. It's a dumb way to write it. You should redo your signs if what you meant was seven years old or older. But your bottom line is that your 2014 is seven years old the day 2021 starts. So I don't think you have much gas on that one. So is that what you were going to argue mm. to me, Ms. Well, Dookie? it says it was manufactured in October. Uh, manufactured in October of what year? It's a 2014, Dolly. It was manufactured right. back then. I, you know what? I've been doing this without, your, without you two for my whole life, and I'm not particularly happy with you. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ms. Dookie, when was a car manufactured? 2013, October 2013. Right, so yeah, right? So you're out of gas, right? Because you know that the sign says, hey, if you're seven years old or older, wait, if you're Your older Honor, than seven a, years that's old. That's an eight by 10 sign. That's not anywhere when you're driving through the car wash. It's on the side of the wall where you go to, if you want to vacuum your car, that's where the little sign is. A little eight by 10 sign that's there. All right, where, let's talk about where the signs are. So do I, am I correct that I only, I have one picture of a sign or should there be more? This is the same sign that's posted, but it is one picture. Right, but where is the sign posted? They're posted throughout the wall of uh, coming up to the car wash. That would have been good for you guys to photograph to show me that they're posted all over the place, right? Where are they posted? Yes. Go through each place that it's posted. They're posted on um, the vacuum stations coming up to the car wash. They're posted as you come into the, uh, the tunnel. Uh, tunnel of the car wash as well. So there's a second one there? 
There's uh, there's actually four or five throughout property. I need to know where they are. That's my question. Can you answer that? By the pay station. There's two different areas to vacuum. There's one by the pay station and one at the entrance of the tunnel. So there's four. Correct. Okay. Ms. Dukey, did someone bring that sign, those signs to your attention on that day? Didn't He told you, right? Like, hey, look at the signs, right? When he said that, you know, your, your car is over seven years old, so we're not responsible for cars over seven years old. Right. That's when he showed me the sign. Right. But the signs were there, right? It's not like the signs weren't there. You saw them. You just think it's unfair, right? Yes. The irony is, you know, it's a $250 deductible. You're suing for two grand. Let's say $51 for three days of parking because your parking pass was on the car. I don't know why you wouldn't just take your parking pass. Maybe it's a sticker or something. My parking pass is a sticker. It doesn't yeah, but you come could off. always get a temporary. Right, but you could get a temporary. But and then you want seventeen hundred no, in pain and suffering. Why couldn't this be resolved with two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> worth of free car washes? Like, wouldn't that have been kind of peachy? Like, if you get what, a back service Ms. somewhere... Ms. Dukey, I'm not talking to you right now. You, uh, neither, nobody in okay. this crowd knows when to be quiet. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> okay? Sorry. I'm going to talk to the owner now, Ms. Carfora. Why couldn't this be resolved with green light car wash? I, just as a matter of customer service or whatever, by attempting to maybe give her $250 worth of free car washes or something. Was there ever any effort to do that just to keep the customer? Yes, we attempted to do that at the beginning. Um, she refused. And so that's when we started to do more research on her individually. Okay. So hold on. When you say we attempted to do that at the beginning, I don't know what the beginning is. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about when, right she filed, when she filed the original small claims court? Oh, okay. So not, um, not when the event happened, but when she filed a case, who attempted to negotiate with her? Uh, I think my husband. Okay. It was actually in mediation. Um, yeah. Uh, Mr. Carfora was there and I was there as well. Oh, tell me about the mediation. What, 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 what did you guys offer? Uh, we did offer the $250 in free car washes. That's exactly said. how I thought this case should be resolved. She, she refused it. Correct. Right. So here we are. Now, what, what did you just say about that's when I started to do research on her? Ms. Carfora. So we did call our insurance company um, and we identified her as the plaintiff. We wanted to get permission from them to go to small claims court. They agreed um, to help us and they did an insurance service um, file number on her. And we found 10 auto claims, five workers' compensation claims, and one disability claim. So what? deep down, yes. So my concern just from the bottom of my heart is that if you have 10 auto claims, the mirror was probably taped on waiting to go through the car wash so that she could collect this $2,000 for what? So that we could continue to let her have these wow. claims? She's already on disability. Just five on. workers. You don't know about her disability. And 10 You're, you're implying claims. that her disability is illegitimate. You have no idea. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I think 16 claims in a few years is. Are those? Unusual. Do you have 16 car claims, Miss Dukey? I don't and, know what she's talking about, Your claims. Honor. Do you have any car claims? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Where's it? Can she show it to me? Nah, I don't really need to get in the weeds about that. <laughs> it's because that's not going to affect. I my, don't know what my, she's talking about. I, I'll tell you mm -hmm. what this case boils down to. I, I believe that the car wash actually. Um, caused that mirror. When I say caused, I mean it was fine and then it's not fine. That is obvious to anyone with eyeballs who sees the video. I believe that the car wash is correct when they say that they have 
disclaimed liability for any cars older than seven. Why? Because cars older than seven might have 16 car claims or 10 car claims or have been in an accident or be, you know, um, have been repaired. Whatever it is, that's their policy. And those signs are out there and you need to read the signs before you continue to give you them your business. I, I don't know and I don't really care about how many claims you have out there, although I got to say that's a little salty, all those claims, but we'll just leave that to a side. I have no idea. I hear what you're saying. Oh, maybe it was, you know, put together with spit and chewing gum. Uh, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the car was built in 2013 and it's seven years old or older than exactly seven years old. So you, they are covered with that waiver. Every time you go in there, you see that sign and that sign's there for a reason that covers them. So I'm sorry that but you're out that money. it's over seven years old and, and it's not over It seven is over seven. Old, you know what old. day it became over seven? 2020. September of, tw October of 2020 when it was built, it was over seven. Okay, but no matter what, on January 1st of 2021, it's seven in a day. Honestly, you're out of gas based on those waivers, 100%. And I wish you had taken the $250 in free car washes because you should have realized at the mediation that- I'm not this, going back to their car. Well, who that's fine, you don't have to go back to their car wash. You don't have to, that, but then you would have had something, but that's fine. You don't want to go back, don't go back. Nobody has to go back. But I have to rule on based on what's in front of me and based on what's in front of me, I'm ruling in favor of the defendants. So the defendants prevail in this case. They do not have to pay the plaintiff $2,000. Ms. Dukey, you were out of gas before you even entered into the courtroom. What do you think? Yeah, he can take that $250 worth of car wash and stick a bow on it and give it to his mother. Maybe she will want it. Well, you, the point is you lost the case. Yeah, I'm not going the back to the car wash. The judge said you should have taken that so offer. I don't care. Well, that's not surprising. Uh, were you, were you uh, surprised to hear the information from the defendants about all these insurance claims you filed? You say there's nothing yeah, to any of that? Yeah, making all that up. There's no such thing. She doesn't have proof of it. Go ahead and show it to me. She couldn't. So she's just making all that up. They're a liar. They're thieves. And nobody should go to green, green light car wash anymore. Let's talk to the defendants now. You guys obviously did a lot of preparation for this before coming into court today. Uh, she really did have all those insurance claims? There was something to that, huh? That's correct. There's an insurance service database that we were able to access, and we found them 16 claims. So I think we, we were trying to identify that we're dealing with um, basically somebody who's very talented in filing insurance claims, and this needs to stop. Well, very interesting indeed. Anyway, bottom line, it turns out the, the sign you have at the entrance into your car wash uh, put you in the right anyway. You were not going to have to pay her from that point. Were you aware of that? I think you probably were. Am I right? We were. That's correct. Bottom line, does this kind of thing happen very often to a car wash like yours? I mean, is there much damage or, or not? Or is it pretty rare? So we wash hundreds of thousands of cars a year um, in one of the most popular car washes in South Florida. And this doesn't happen often because we maintain our equipment. And when we damage somebody's vehicle, we do right by them but we're not gonna deal with these frivolent claims. We're gonna fight every single one and we're gonna end this madness. Very, very interesting indeed. All right, well, listen, thank you very much. You are prevailing and you don't have to pay her a penny. And that'll wrap it up for this case. Very interesting situation, don't you think, Harvey? So, Doug, this is a really important case. There was a posted waiver here that cars over seven years old, you take your chances. 
Those waivers are enforceable even if the car wash was negligent. So you got to think about that whenever you see a waiver like this, that somebody can be negligent and still not pay you for the damage. My neighbors leave their shoes in the hallway at the top of the stairs. If one of us trips over them and gets hurt, can we sue them or perhaps the apartment management? There you go. I like that thinking. Sue the deep pocket. Yes. Um, very good. Here's the thing. Because the guy in the apartment might be broke. Right. So, <laughs> so the first thing you do is knock on the door and ask them politely to put their shoes inside their house, which right. is what they should be doing. They should never be putting them in the hallway. Right. And if they don't do that, you can sue them if you trip and hurt yourself. Right. Of course, they're going to deny that you ever told them that. Right. So you make sure that you have a record of having told them that. More right. importantly, you should be making sure you have a record of telling the building management that. Right. Because if they know that there's a dangerous situation and they do nothing, that would be the basis for you right. suing them because they didn't right. put the shoes out there. But if you repeat it, if you lay a record of having complained about it and they don't take care of it, then you would you would technically be able to. This is America. Anybody can right. sue anybody for anything. Sure. But you would have a righteous suit against right. the management if they did nothing about solving the situation. Right. And, and, and another point to make about that is that management has leverage on them. You may not. You're just a neighbor. That right. noisy neighbor who won't shut the hell up about my shoes, right? right. But management can say, you know, you're going to be out on your ass if you don't. And at the end, if nobody does anything, I figure that, you know, if they can't find their shoes, they might start putting them on the inside. Ah, that's, that's, <laughs> so, that's alternative C. Alternative A, alternative B, alternative C. The shoes are gone. <laughs> okay. This is the plaintiff, Elisa Brown. She says her former landlord, the defendant, owes her money he's illegally keeping of hers. And what he's doing is so against the law. She knows her rights. She filed suit in court, and she's pretty confident the judge will see her side of things today as she seeks the return of her hard-earned 1000 bucks. These are the defendant's children, Anna Walters and Jim Shinko. They say the plaintiff broke her lease early and only paid a portion of her last month's rent. So their father owes this woman Zippo. Anna even tried being nice by offering the plaintiff a portion of her deposit back, but she ignored her, then turned and filed this lawsuit. Oh, her? No way. Their father is accused of not giving it back. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff says that the defendants were her former landlords, and she says that they have simply stolen her money, and she wants some justice stat. But the defendants say the woman broker lease didn't pay her rent in full, and they owe her nada. It's the case of this landlord is ungodly. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Brown, you are suing Mr. Chinko who is here with Anna Walters for $1,000 in return of a security deposit that you say they've wrongfully withheld. Tell me what's happening. Yes, yeah, so I um, was a tenant of Joseph Shinko's for almost uh, four years. I paid rent on time every month. On May 24th, 2020, my roommate at the time told me that she lost her job from COVID and that she would be moving back in with her parents. I said, I'm really sorry to hear that. 
please inform the landlord immediately and we can start looking for a sublet. We had three months left on our lease. Um, Joseph Shinko called me the next day asking what I wanted to do if I wanted to end the lease early or look for a new roommate. And I said, oh, I, I didn't know ending the lease early was an option, um, but that would be the best situation. It's easier for you to find a new tenant than for me to find a three-month roommate. And so we made a verbal agreement that June, which was over 30 days, uh, would be my last month that he would list the apartment for July 1st. It didn't occur to you that maybe you should follow up with an email or something to make sure you had it in writing or whatever? Now it does, right? Of course. I've been speaking to him for almost four years, you know, and it wasn't something that occurred to me at the time. Have you ever spoken to his daughter? Yes. I, um, she used to live, uh, in the downstairs apartment. So I've seen her a few times. Um, Have you ever and then she's, dealt with her in terms of rent or anything like that? No. Okay. No. She's, she stormed into my apartment once about um, thinking we had a leak, but that was the first time I um, saw her. All right. And then, um, so we made a verbal agreement that um, June would be my last month. And if he said, he said, if he couldn't find an, uh, a tenant for July and August, that I would be responsible for paying. Okay. And I agreed to that because we both, you know, we're fairly confident that the apartment would be rented because it's in a great location. Um, I then looked at the additional terms of the lease agreement. Um, and I saw that it says like tenant agrees to give the landlord 30 days notice of intention to vacate, which I was like, okay, great. That's more than 30 days. And then it said the security deposit is not to be used as a last month's rent. It's to be used protection against physical damages or if access amount of cleaning is necessary. So I abided by this. I paid my, I paid June's rent with the expectation I'd be getting uh, my security deposit back. I also had a text conversation um, with Mr. Shinko's son-in-law or maybe ex-son-in-law. I'm, he lived downstairs too um, on May 29th, um, I sent him photos of the apartment. I was like trying to help in any way I could. To get it re-rented. Yes, and I asked him, um, should I also be trying to find a sublet also? What ends up happening? You guys do rent it for July, right, Mr. Shenko? Got July rent from something else, yes. However, her story and our story don't align. Yeah, so you tell me your version of what it is that you told her she could or couldn't do. Okay, well, first of all, I'm Jim Shinko, the son of Joe Shinko. Oh. I never spoke to, to her. Yeah, I, okay. okay, yeah, you so, actually, you both have power of attorney, so go ahead. Okay, so thank you, Your Honor. The, the, I mean, from our position, it's, we think anyway, it's reasonably straightforward. We do have a lease with the tenant. Um, the lease clearly states the start time and the end time. Uh, the tenant did not honor the lease, as she stated. She left early in June. She did not pay the complete June rent. She did not pay July. She did not pay August. What did she pay in June? Uh, I think it was a, it was either a thousand or eleven hundred dollars. Um, okay. What did you pay in June, Ms. Brown? I paid eleven hundred. That was my portion of the rent. And my roommate, who lost her job, said that they could take her security deposit. What's your roommate's uh, name? Felicia. Did you guys return to Felicia her security deposit? To my understanding, we have not. Of course not, because if you didn't return hers, you're not going to return the other person's. So that means that you have the other part of June by virtue of keeping the security deposit. Because we're not talking, there's no damages in this place. So we're, we're talking about breaking the lease and what the punishment should be for breaking the lease. And the punishment is, what are you folks out? You don't get to make a windfall, you just get to be whole.
you guys are telling me that the person she spoke to, your father, can't speak for himself, Mr. Shinko? Well, my, my, my father's 92 years old and probably would have been better if we spoke on his behalf. That's why we're here. No, and I get that. But, um, he, but, the, but the thing is that they're, she's saying that she spoke to him and he conducts business matters and he told her, yeah, no problem, we'll look for someone else. And then you guys did look for someone else and you found someone else. So you were, were you personally involved in discussions with the tenant or no? No, I was not. Okay. But I did clarify with my dad. Um, there, there was no discussion, according to my dad and even my sister, about ex, ex, uh, extending or allowing her out early. Um, well, then how... Again, okay, so in other words, what you're saying is that she said, I'm getting out early, and that's why you re-rented it, because she, sua sponte, on her own, decided that she was going to, without permission, ended up leaving. Well, from what I understand from my dad and Anna... We did not know. There was no discussion with her and my dad about getting out early. We found out from the, uh, the what we call the building manager, which is Anna's ex-husband, we found out from him that she left. So there was no notice as far as I understand, and um, there was no conversation. Anna, at I, the time, was he your ex or was he your husband? No, I haven't lived there since October of 2017, so okay. he's my ex. But he's still the building manager. He does manage the building, yes. So, Mr. Schenkel, let me ask you this. How did you folks know to rent the place out if you didn't know you had to rent the place out? Because it turns out you got the place rented in July. Uh, well, we were lucky to get it rented in a couple of weeks. But my understanding is Andrew, who is my ex-brother-in-law, contacted my dad to let him know that the, the tenant left and then he reached out to the realtor, and they were fortunate enough to get it rented. That's okay, my understanding. But, and according to you, Ms. Brown, that's not true. You helped to get it rented by taking pictures. And uh, did anybody come and see it while you were there? Um, not when I was there. I was, like, uh, staying at my boyfriend's place. Okay. Um, but so I left June 15th. Um, I took photos. Um, and... Andrew told me May 29th that they um, gave the listing to a friend. On um, May 29th, that... he tells you that the listing has been given to a friend. May 29th. You have the text yes. from Andrew. Yeah, May 29th. And, and I even asked him, like, should I also be trying to find a sublet also because I didn't want to be, you know, just in case. He, he said he'd let me know. May 29th. Should I be trying to find a sublet also? I'll let you know. This is from Andrew. We are giving the listing to a friend who is a realtor. Hopefully we can rent it. You prefer us to rent it, correct? Yeah, I do. That would be for the best. I think it will get rented. I agree and I agree. Thank you. What part of that is you guys not knowing she's leaving and not agreeing to her leaving? Well, I think the obviously the big disconnect then is when Andrew... When he did tell my dad, apparently, um, did he tell him, you know, June 15th when she was gone or what? So right. I agree with you there. That says that she but was But in any event, or she what, told us. What, would, what a landlord would be entitled to keep of a security deposit is what you're out. The idea is security is deposit is for damages. Clearly, we're not talking about damages right. in this case. If anything, according to her, she's given us pictures where she left it better than she got it. Let's look at the pictures a second. When she got it, there was a wall that wasn't painted, Again, and the landlord refused the lease, to paint it. What? No. Did you refuse, no. or did your dad refuse? No, n neither one refused. I, I, yeah, exactly. I Actually, don't think anybody, if you look at the lease, the, the lease says she's taking it as is. Okay. And 
my understanding from my dad is she wanted to paint that one particular okay. room or that one particular wall. All right. Is there any but question about the condition that she left it in? These are her move out pictures and it looks pretty good. There's no damages yeah, no, actually, there, right? Okay. No, it's all no, about no, no breaking no, up the Your Honor, I think All right, let me ask Ms. Ms. Walters. Ms. Walters, can you explain to yes. me uh, if you guys ended up renting it out for July, you didn't miss July, you didn't miss any other months, it's rented, and you didn't, when well, you say- it's, it's rented at a lesser amount. It, what amount is it rented at? 2000, I sent, uh, I sent the evidence of the, uh, of the- And what were they paying? 2100. Okay, so it's rented at $100 less. So certainly right. you should be able to keep the $100 that you're damaged. The hundred dollars well, for July June. and the hundred dollars for August. And, and August, we got correct. half a yes. June. You did not get half a June. You keep saying that, but yes. here is the issue with June. She paid eleven hundred, and you guys kept the other girl's thousand dollar security deposit. You didn't return Felicia's security deposit, did you, Anna? Um, no, but right. as stated, that last month rent is not supposed to be a security no, deposit. No, it's not. But it was. See, she's she's not a thief. She paid her rent. Lots of tenants just say, oh, I'm using her security deposit. <laughs> she didn't do that. But her, uh, the other tenant who had lost her job and left, never, you never gave her her security deposit. So you're enriched by that $1,000. That $1,000 goes to paying June rent. You understand that, right? Why doesn't she, why doesn't she have to pay her, her, her ex-roommate then? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what you're saying. Welcome back to the People's Court. The plaintiff seems super confident that she's going to get back 1000 bucks. Well, let's see what the judge thinks. Why is she entitled to use... Her because her ex-roommate bailed on her the same way she's bailing on you. She has to give you notice that she's leaving, that 30 days notice that we're talking about, right? And, and we'll talk in a second about whether she had permission or not. So her roommate has an agreement not to leave her in a lurch. So you, you are not, you've lost zero for June, and you've lost $100 for July, and you've lost $100 for August. The lease was supposed to end at the end of August, correct, correct. Ms. Brown? Correct. So that means yeah. you should be able to keep $200, but you've kept 1000 And by the way, did you guys ever even send a letter within 14 days laying your claim to the security deposit and saying why? They, she didn't, she didn't yes comply no. with the terms of yes the lease. Yes or no? Yes or no? No, absolutely right. not. I need you not to know. No, I need you to, to know. No, you need to know that that's the law in your state now. New York requires you to send a letter as the landlord, you know, and have proof that you sent it. So I'm just telling you this for the next time. <clears throat> within 14 days, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which you guys also didn't do, but that's not even why I'm ruling the way I'm gonna rule. I'm ruling the way I'm gonna rule because if I don't, you have a windfall. You feel, I think you feel it because she's breaking it. You should get a windfall. I guess that's how you feel. Right, but you don't. Right. That's not what the law does. The law makes you whole and makes sure you're not hurt. You are hurt to the tune of the hundred and the hundred. Are you hurt to the tune of anything else? If the terms of a lease don't apply, then I guess not. But no, they why, apply. Why that's why you get, that's why she can't just willy nilly run off. There's things she's got to do. Like, for example, speak to the property manager who has apparent authority um, because he's the property manager, but also she spoke to your dad. There's uncontroverted testimony that she spoke to your dad. You guys are telling me, well, dad says she didn't, but you know. There is a text from May 29th from your ex telling her we're giving the listing okay. to a realtor. So clearly, okay. there were discussions way before you think there were discussions. There were discussions in May. 
because she spoke to your dad in May, then speaks to Andrew and gives him all the nice pictures of the apartment to help with the rental. And then here is what Andrew says. Let's read it again. May 29th. He says, thank you so much for the pictures. She says, no problem. Should I be trying to find a sublet also? Because she doesn't want to get in trouble. She's trying to do the right thing. And then he says, I'll let you know. We're giving the listing to a friend who is a realtor. Hopefully we can rent it. You prefer us to rent it, correct? Yeah, I do. I think that would be for the best. I think it will get rented. I agree and I agree. Thank you. All right. So maybe you didn't know about this. Did you know about this or you, you had never seen this, Ms. Walters? Right. Okay. All I right. have not seen that. So text, it no. looks like she had discussions with your dad beforehand. See, technically speaking, you shouldn't be able to hold on to any of the security deposit because you didn't send out that letter in 14 days as the law requires. But I find that in this case, that requirement was waived because clearly the plaintiff made an agreement with your father that if he was out any money, she would recompense because the agreement was if you can't rent it out, I'll pay rent. The only thing that you can keep as a landlord in court is your damages. And what are your damages? From what I have heard, your damages are $200, not $1,000. And she's right to keep the 200 of it because she's rented it out for less. Okay? So I'm going to order them to return $800 of your security deposit, Ms. Brown. Okay? Great. Your, your Honor, can I Good luck, ask everybody. a question? No. <laughs> so the plaintiff prevails. She'll get back $800, $200 less than what she was seeking. Uh, Mr. Shinko, um, you were, wanted to ask the judge a quick question before she walked off the bench. What did you want to ask her? Well, I wanted to ask her that there's no proof that the other tenant gave permission for this tenant to use her deposit. So that's the part I don't understand. Why shouldn't this tenant um, share half the responsibility with the other tenants? That was my... Well, either way, the only thing you lost was the $200. So let's find out now how uh, Ms. Brown feels about the outcome of the case. Ms. Brown, you didn't get 1000 but you're getting $800. Was it worth filing the lawsuit? Um, it was. I forgot to mention that Anna did call me after I gave them the security deposit demand letter. You know, they said that they told me it wasn't worth fighting. Um, and it was. So I'm happy I did it. Good. Congratulations. It was worth it. for Thank you. you. Okay. All right. That'll bring this case to a close. Let's see what Harvey thinks. Harvey. So Doug, this is a pretty standard principle that sometimes somebody can owe you money and then you end up settling perhaps for less that settlement sticks and you can't get a second bite of the apple and go back in and say the person owes you more. When you settle, you settle. Have the judges had any specialized training in human behavior that would help them determine if a person is not being truthful? How do you guys figure it out? Every single case that comes before you in the courtroom is the clash of two different versions of the truth to some extent, right? Yeah, most of them, and, most uh, every single one. Boy, yeah. if there was just some magic way to figure it out. But I, I do look at certain cues come to me, like if somebody's testifying and giving me this account of what happened, and all of a sudden they start throwing in things like, to be honest, or to tell you the truth, like, you know, that doesn't need saying. You're under oath and you're testifying in court, okay? Don't throw that in now. And, you know, you look for, uh, you know, things like, are they making eye contact? Aren't they? Do they suddenly change their head? Does their breathing change? Does their voice change its timbre and tone? But that stuff's not really right. reliable. It so is. at the end of the day, judges are going to look at, is the testimony internally consistent so that it kind of flows? Bingo. And is it 
Does it square with the evidence? Right. Is it corroborated? Right. Everyone thinks there's some magic, you know, bullet there right. where you just, oh, their eyes shifted. That's not really how no. it works. It's, it's the facts, the facts, the facts. So you go back and forth and you cross-examine and you know something they said before and then they say something different and then you cross-examine right. them with it and then you watch how they weaken uh -huh. and then you watch how they crumble. Well, it and sounds like you and me when I'm trying to get one by you. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I have taken a polygraph. You, did, you yes, did? took a polygraph exam. I was only about 16, 17 years old when they, they hooked me up. That's ridiculous. I would never let my child. What, what, for what? What job did you take a polygraph? It was, uh, it was a store I worked at when I was in high school. I was like a sophomore. And something went missing? High school. Stuff was going missing. I was walking out, probably out the back door of the store. And uh, they took each one of us in turn into the break room. Like, you didn't know it was going to happen. Nobody wow. said you're going to take a polygraph. It just came in. They said, Those come on different in here. Days. Came in, boom, you sat down. They hooked you up. They asked you all the questions, etc. You sure it was a polygraph, didn't they? Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe they just, like, hooked you up to, like, a jiffy. No. Pop, and you think it was a polygraph because you were yeah, so young. I watched the needle move and everything else. And how'd you do? Well, I'm still a free man, right? <laughs>